Hi, this is Maggie. And Ashley. And you're listening to The Watering Hole, a place where animals and animal enthusiasts regularly drink. Every episode, we'll talk about different animals and why they're cool, from basic biology to the threats they face and what people are doing about it, all while under the influence. this week. I know. Courtesy of my parents in Montezuma Bog in upstate New York. Uh, 11% alcohol by volume, mm-hmm. 89% sugar. sugar. It's just liquefied sugar with alcohol. That's all it is. Oh my gosh. But 100% cranberry. Yeah. <laughs> Made Courting. from 100% cranberry. Yeah. So who wants to talk first? I never know the order. So I think it's I think it's whoever does the intro talks first. Is that it? I think so. Okay, sure. Well, if you're if you're ready to rumble, I might as well be. Um, I brought um a helper. Oh God, another prop. Oh God, another prop. Are you ready? I'm always. I'm gonna put my wine down. Ta da! <gasps> so today I'm a little jealous. I know. <laughs> today I'm gonna be talking about one of my favorite animals on the planet. The African wild dog, also known as the painted dog, it's everyone's favorite. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. Lycan pictus, lycan, lycan. Um, considering I took Latin, I should know how to say yeah, like lycan. I'm trying to say its Latin name. Is it L Y C O N? A O N. Oh, like lycan. And you know, with all the looking up I did of this, there were no like pronunciation keys. So whatever, it's, it's so the sorry. African wild dog, painted dog. <laughs> they are actually very rare. Not a lot of people know about them. Um, so when you think of African predators, you think of lions and, mm-hmm. and cheetahs and leopards, hyenas, hyenas. But these guys are just so beautiful. Oh they God. are tall, skinny, lanky dogs. Uh huh. They are. Their fur is black brown. And speckled with yellow, white, and they have really big ears. Giant ears. Which are adorable. and Big old satellites. Uh, they are. And a lot of animals in Africa have large ears. Think of elephants mm-hmm. or... What? Elephants have large ears? They do. Mm-hmm. Or some of the smaller canid, 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 canids? canids is what I was trying to say. And then I was like... Abort, abort. (laughs) But then you kept going. (laughs) I was trying to say canines instead, and then it was like, no, that's not what I want. So, the African wild dog, where should I put him? So I thought, the I like when it looks like he's he's going to give us an interview. That's perfect. I'll put him right next to the mic. We'll take a picture of this, put it on Instagram. Those of you listening, that is what Ashley was freaking out about because I pulled out a stuffed animal wild dog out We of need my to bag. bring more props to this. I know. It's Jeez. also just so silly that I have stuffed animals of nearly every animal, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's cool, but like when you're 13. No, not when you're 13. Oh, my God. So there are five sp- subspecies. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. They used to be found throughout the entire continent, but now they're only in southern and eastern Africa in savannah, woodland areas, even some mountainous regions. So you can kind of tell these animals are very adaptable and they're just, they're a good survival species. I'll get into that in a little bit more, but they 
should be found throughout the continent because they are one of the apex predators in Africa. And I'll, I'll talk about why they are not so prevalent in just a moment. But let's talk a little bit about their biology. Yeah, let's see. Get the basics so, out there. African wild dogs can live up to 11 years, which is kind of like the age of an average dog. Yeah, you think about it, they're out in, you know, yeah. in the wild. Yeah. Wild yeah. dog. Wild dog. They got a little more threats than my dog who is in my apartment right now. Oh my gosh, <laughs> definitely on a couch. <laughs> 100%. They uh, weigh anywhere from 39 to 75 pounds or 18 to 34 kilos. Mm. Um, in terms of height, they can be 30 to 45 inches tall or up to a meter. They, as I mentioned, are skinny. They have long, lanky legs made for long-distance running. They're, like, among the best long-distance runners in Africa because they have a very nomadic lifestyle. Uh Um, Kind of crazy. They can travel up to 50 kilometers a day. And a pack's total range um, is up to 900 square miles. That's insane. Yeah. So that is insane. I don't know what that is to kilometers. You said kilometers. I said 900 square miles. Oh, you said, oh, sorry. That's like over. Traveling in a day, you said 50 kilometers. Oh, right. And then, uh, so in 900 miles is like 1,400 kilometers. That's far. That's very far. Can you imagine if they had a Fitbit on? No. They'd go so far. It'd buzz every second. Be like, you are too active. Did I tell you about the, no, this is not relevant. My (laughs) Fitbit went off the other day and told me I, I reached my steps when I was like, Hopping up and down to get my pants that were too tight on. And then my Fitbit went off. I was like, you reached your step count. And I was like, this is so bittersweet. This doesn't count. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Oh, my gosh. a little tangential. So, wild dogs are pack animals, similar Mm -hmm. to wolves. They have a strict hierarchy in their pack system. Their packs can actually range from 6 to 20 or sometimes even more. Mm -hmm. But as I mentioned, strict hierarchy. So they do have an alpha breeding pair who are in charge, similar to wolves. But this is really cool. When pups are born into the pack, they take priority over everyone. So all members of the pack will come home after a kill and regurgitate meat for the pups. Which, if you didn't already know, world, um, (laughs) that's how a lot of Pups and young are fed. So a lot of things are fed. Yeah, in the animal kingdom. When you don't have hands, it's harder to carry food around. So you carry it in your stomach and then you throw it up for the baby. I've always thought of my stomach as more of like a food purse. So. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So the tacos we ate earlier, they're just. They're ready. (laughs) Just put them in my purse, hide them for later. I always have things in my purse. Terrible. My food purse. My stomach. My food purse. Man, this cranberry. Oh, this really all that alcohol. So a long week. Also, when when the pups are old enough to travel with the pack on a kill or after a kill is made and the Mm -hmm. pups are old enough to go to the the kill site, they get to eat before anyone else in the pack. What? Yeah, isn't that crazy? That so it's crazy. Whereas, if you know um, wolf hierarchy pack system, the alphas will get to eat first, and they get first dibs of the best meat, mm-hmm. and then the subordinates like kind of linger around trying to get scraps, and they're often uh, there are often scruffles. What is that word? Well, there's often, I know what you're going for, and it's not there's scruffles. A, there's often a scuffle. Scuffle. <laughs> Yes. Why did you add an R in there? <laughs> no, because 
Well, scruff, scruff is a thing. Scruff is a thing. Scuffle is a thing. The scruffle. It's a scruffle. It's when somebody, you know, it's when somebody scrappy gets into a scuffle. Oh my god, that's literally my dog. <laughs> so many people have described him as scrappy, and I'm like, all right, okay, okay. Wild dogs are not scrap. Well, they're not scrappy. And what's really amazing is that they rarely fight over food, and that's because of this hierarchy where it's always done in the best interest of the young and preserving future Aww. generations. Also, when there are elderly, ill, or injured members of the pack, they are looked after by the rest of the pack. Instead of, like, being ousted or anything, they make sure that that animal is fed adequately and can recuperate or... Oh, they're so sweet! Isn't that just so respectful? You're like, oh! I mean, they have this amazing... I feel like they have really nice manners, and I know that's really anthropomorphic. Promorphic. Yep. But it's super cute. It is ador- It's adorable, and it's just incredible how the animal kingdom just functions so much better than humans do. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, oh. if I try sharing some of my nachos, I'm like, no, no. way, dude. Mm-mm. Anyway. Um, Gotta keep those in my food purse. Keep them. The alphas are monogamous, which is also very cool, so they'll stay with their mate for life. What I found really interesting, you know how almost every animal you can think of that lives in in large groups, the males will usually leave once they reach sexual maturity and oh, they'll yeah. go find their own pack or pride like a little bachelor or group, group before make they a bachelor find group. Yeah. It is the opposite in wild dog life. I didn't know that. So the males will stick around with the pack when they reach sexual maturity and the females will leave in search of a new pack or a new harem. Girl power! <laughs> right? Right? So just imagine a bunch of bachelorettes being like, you find anything yet? <laughs> I just like picture like a bachelorette party like constantly <laughs> and they're just all out like, woo! Gotta find me a guy last night out. Oh my god! So kind of, <laughs> kind of crazy how it's it's That's different. Cr- that is crazy. It's opposite, and just the, the extent of the social structure within these packs, I think, is fascinating. Yeah, like they're just an effective, efficient, very um, like respectful creature mm-hmm. of themselves. They are very self-aware. It seems again anthropomorphizing, but. Whatever. Um, (laughs) Doesn't mean make them less cool. It doesn't make them less cool. The pack communicates by touch, action, and vocalizations. It's very noisy. If you've seen any videos of Mm. wild dogs, like, you just hear these high-pitched noises. Like, Nailed it. Oh, my God. I thought somebody put Planet Earth on. uh, That was crazy. Except they're even higher pitched. Mm -hmm. Mm. Anyway. (laughs) That was the robot version. They have an 80% success rate in kills. I feel like no creature has No that. creature does. They are extremely strategic hunters. That's effective. Awesome. They're like the ultimate animal in communication and teamwork. And they're incredible. That's why earlier I re- referred to them as an apex predator because they have this success rate that almost no other predator That's has. insane. Fun fact that <gasps> I learned the other day while watching that geo, they make group decisions as a democracy, like... Should we go hunt? Should we hang out? Should we stay here? What do you guys want to do? Uh-huh. And do you know how they communicate? How do they vote? Their dis- how do they vote? Popular vote, electoral college. <laughs> oh, my God. They know better than to use an electoral college. <laughs> um, they will vote by sneezing. Oh, my God. If that were the case, it, people would think I was voting all the time. All the time. I have not stopped sneezing this week. No. 
Isn't that just crazy? Maybe my dog keeps sneezing. Maybe he's voting. He's voting. He's I'll trying like, to say it's time to hunt. I was like, do you want to go out? And he sneezes. And maybe that's his, his, his vote for no, I want to eat. Gosh, so I thought that was fascinating. That is crazy. And there, there's footage of them, like, the decision just kind of, you can follow, somebody makes an announcement somehow and sneezes, and then you can watch the rest of the pack as they just start sneezing. And if so not they, enough dogs are sneezing, then they're like, okay, we won't go for a hunt, or we won't do whatever. So, like, they think sneezing is, like, a green? Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. What if you just had to, what if they just had to sneeze and they didn't want it's to It's a agree? different kind of sneeze. Oh, okay. So, like, you know, we, we've all heard our dog sneezes, and it's, like, really funny, like... <laughs> I just always, I'm like, are you okay? Are you going to recover? I, I, always, I always tell Argos, bless you. <laughs> People probably think I'm crazy. I do it all the time in the dog park. I'm just like, oh, God bless you. <laughs> like, it's oh, a dog, you know that? I'm like, yeah, but it's my dog. <laughs> and he sneezed. Sorry. It's adorable. So, um, whereas our dog's sneezes sound like full-blown, Lord. literally, the, the wild dog's Voting sneezes are more like sounds more like a, a heavy sniff. Okay. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Thank you. That was exactly it. <laughs> you are, I was I was you wild are dog. Part wild dog. <laughs> In a past life. Ugh. I've gone downhill since then. So let's talk about threats. Oh, yeah. They're, they're really, super threatened, aren't they? They are super in trouble. Okay. Um, and you don't want to know why? why? Humans. Wow. Shocker. Surprise, surprise. Do you see the surprise on my face? Note to listeners, there is no surprise. She's just stone cold. Anyway, so farmers shoot them because they think they're a threat to their livestock, which is interesting because farmers here in the U.S. shoot wolves because yep. they think they're a threat to their livestock. And it is just inaccurate in both scenarios. Usually, well, in Africa... Leopards are responsible for a lot of these mm-hmm. farm kills because they're super sneaky about it. Yeah. Leopards are actually one of the world's best stealth hunters. Ooh. So that's one thing. They get caught in poachers' snares and human encroachment of our own habitat, uh-huh. like creating cities and yeah. civilization, is destroying their habitat and home, which then brings them closer to domestic animals, which... Then go back to the shooting. Goes back to the shooting, and they pick up domestic diseases, uh-huh. like rabies, and that will spread quickly throughout a pack, okay. and then it'll just wipe out the entire pack. Uh-huh. It's awful. It is awful. They are endangered, according to the IUCN. They've been endangered for more than 20 years. There's only about 6,600 left in the wild. Oh, my God. Um, officially, they've become extinct in 25 countries throughout Africa. That's so sad. Yes, yes. Um, real quick note on the livestock yeah. problem. Um, when I was in South Africa, we actually did a visit to, I'll have to look it up. I think it was called like Green Dogs Conservation, something. They basically oh. train dogs to be livestock guardians oh, um, so that the cool. dog, they raise the dog alongside whatever the livestock is, whether it be like sheep or goats or chickens yeah. or cows or yeah. something like that. So that the dog will protect, it's usually some kind of like larger herding animal, mm-hmm. herding dog. So it'll like, it learns that this, that the herd that's protecting is its family. So if, if some kind of, like if a leopard approached, this would, dog would guard it, but not, mm. not like, um, 
because a, a big dog is going was more likely to scare off right. a, a, a leopard rather than you know just kind of a herd of sheep just sitting there that are no way that they don't protect themselves. Right, right, of course. But, so it was just a really cool organization that worked on raising these dogs to give to farmers in order to hopefully reduce the number of kills of things like African wild dogs or leopards. It was just such a, a unique way of, of using another species to conserve another species by protecting another species. Isn't that great? That's I was like, how, that's the innovation we need. I was just, <laughs> just going to say that. See, it shows that it's possible for humans mm-hmm. to come up with creative solutions that don't endanger the world that we share in this exactly. place. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. But yeah, I'll have to look up the actual name. It was like Green Dogs Conservation or something that's like super that. Cool. Which was super I want to cool. check that out later. Yeah. And also, try and do some good work is the um, Africa Wildlife Foundation. Mm-hmm. They're working with local communities to educate them similarly, like you just said, on this is how wild dogs behave and this is how they interact with other wildlife. And then it teaches the local communities how they can coexist. Mm-hmm. So it sounds very similar to what you just described where they're engaging people and, and empowering people too. Yeah. Like once you know about an issue, you feel more equipped to take ownership over it. Mm-hmm. So not too long ago, actually, there have been efforts to try to reintroduce wild dogs to places where they used to live. Uh-huh. For example, a pack was recently transported from South Africa's Kruger National Park. <gasps> I've been there! Which has one of the anything. largest populations mm-hmm. of wild dogs in all of Africa. And they, they transported this pack to Mozambique's Gorongosa National Park. Oh, we have a book in the office that's of those, all the birds from Gorongosa that's National right. Park. I remember that, actually. <laughs> Weirdly specific, but yes. okay. So, um, they're trying to reintroduce the species back to a country where they used to thrive mm-hmm. over 25 years ago. So, the hope is that this pack that they transported is healthy enough. I was actually really concerned when I read about this because I was like, oh my gosh, you're uprooting them from their home. How are they going to know? Mm-hmm. Um, this initiative was led by the South African Wild Dog Advisory Group, which oh. is made up of a bunch of different NGOs, stakeholders, relevant players in the game. And they've been researching this for a while. Mm-hmm. So every effort was made to ensure that this pack could thrive yeah. if relocated. So stay tuned. This was recent in the news. So hopefully, that's super cool. Hopefully, similar to some of the success stories we've had with wolf reintroduction here in the U.S., we're going to be hearing some good news coming down the pipeline for wild Wild dogs. Yeah, yeah. That is the African wild dog. I think they're just such a beautiful animal. If you just go look at them, they're just an incredibly incredible looking creature. Yeah, the fact that they are so smart and so social and evolved. It's easy for us to relate to them, you yeah. know, and and feel feel connected. And I hope that with more people feeling connected to these dogs that will want to protect them and support organizations like AWF or this Green Dogs Initiative like you were talking about to do more conservation efforts because a world without wild dogs is really... Not a world I want to live in. It's such a shame. They're just so pretty. They, like, smooth. paint a dog is, like, so such an accurate description. Paint a dog, Because exactly. it literally looks like some That's artist. That's what their Latin name means. <laughs> yeah. Paint a dog. Yeah. Pictoris, or... Yeah. Is the second part of it. Like Anne Pictor- Pictus. Nailed it. Nailed, nailed it. So nice anyway, work. that is the African wild dog for you. <gasps> Beautiful. Yeah. All right. I'm excited to hear what you have chosen. I know it is of the avian 
family. Variety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Are you ready to rumble? Yeah, that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, the reason why I pushed my animal this week oh. was actually last weekend I was walking through Rock Creek Park and I saw a woodpecker. Ooh. And... I did not see this particular woodpecker because it does not live in this area. Right. But I was like, okay, I want to do a woodpecker. Cool. Woodpeckers are one of my favorite families of birds. Okay. I just think they're super cool. Their order is Pisciforms, Picciforms, Pisciforms, uh, family Picidae. So I think Picidae is the is woodpeckers. <laughs> so the one I picked specifically though is the acorn woodpecker. Oh, this do is you a know? new one. <gasps> do you not know about the acorn woodpecker? I really don't actually. Where are they found? So they are found primarily on the west coast down into Mexico, oh, which okay. is probably why you didn't hear about them yeah. here in uh, DC. But acorn woodpecker or Melanerpus formicivorus. Melanerpus. Yep, now like that. A, that sounds like a name that I would just say accidentally. <laughs> That's definitely right, 100%. Don't need to fact check that at all. Um, But yeah, so they are a woodpecker. They're a medium-sized woodpecker, so... (laughs) They're, like, yeah, because that makes sense. What? Well, like, what... A medium-sized woodpecker could... Like, if you don't know what a woodpecker looks like normally, you could think, oh, that's the size of a dog. Okay. Well. Well. Sorry, I know a little bit more about woodpeckers than the average person because I am obsessed with woodpeckers. Okay, so I would say like half the size of a wine bottle. No, like three, two thirds of a wine bottle. That's a large woodpecker. No, because so like medium size isn't larger than a downy woodpecker, which is one of the smallest which is one of ones, the smallest ones. Which is like the size of a. I'm just looking at things. We only size, have cups and wine. It's a downy. A downy is probably the size of my iPhone seven. Maybe a little bit bigger. Fluffier. Maybe. It's not that thin. (laughs) Not that thin. (laughs) But maybe that long. But like, but smaller than a pileated, which is the largest. Which is the biggest. Which is definitely bigger than that wine bottle. Yes. Okay. So, two thirds of a wine bottle. Okay. That's my guess. Okay, whatever. All right. I need to be that specific because I'm just like, medium sized woodpecker. My favorite one, though, in researching is that so many websites described it as having a clownish face. Because it very much has distinctive markings. So it has, it's black with white around its beak. So white that goes up onto its forehead and down to its throat. And also its belly and its rump are white. But it has this red cap and these white eyes. Oh, they're so cute. So it looks like it's painted. Because it's not like one color bathes into the other. They're very distinctive lines. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, to add to this clownish face is that their call sounds like they're laughing. (laughs) Um, And that's actually, they think that's where Woody Woodpecker, his... That his his look is based off a of pileated woodpecker, right. but I think his call was based off of the acorn woodpecker. Fun fact, right? Just wow. just to share. So breeding habitat, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, they're in foothills, California, southwest United States. I guess all the way south to Colombia, so all the way down. But specifically, they live in forest forested. Mm-hmm. Specifically, they live in forested areas. With oak trees. Oak trees are, are their go-to. Yeah. And the trees are very, very important, which we'll get to shortly, which is what makes the acorn woodpecker so crazy. Don't look ahead. I'm sorry. I got really excited. You're Googling. I know. Oh, I know. Google. I'm Googling. I'm like, these guys are so cool. Uh, I just learned. There's a specific attribute of the acorn woodpecker that makes them really cool, but there's also things that I didn't know about going into it that were really cool. So one is that they're not monogamous. Now, like, 90% of bird species are monogamous. 
but they are distinctly polyamorous, <laughs> usually breeding in groups with seven males to three females. Um, so, and I guess cooperative breeding only occurs in nine percent of birds. Cooperative breeding. Yeah. Which means, like, hey, I'm down with your girl. Are you down with my girl? Yeah. Is that? It's everybody. You know, it's it's like the hippie lifestyle <laughs> of birds. <laughs> But, um, so, cooperative breeding is defined as more than two birds taking care of nestlings in the nest. So, in that way... so they share the responsibility. Yeah, but, and I I need to read up more on cooperative breeding because it says it's not (laughs) as effective, which would make sense if it's only found (laughs) in 9% of birds. Uh, But, I will say, the acorn woodpecker is not endangered or threatened. It is of least concern. So yeah. it's working well enough. All right. <laughs> and they're just living their life. So I thought that was interesting that they're not monogamous. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of, I think most woodpecker species, most birds are, but it's not like woodpeckers are like that weird bird that, that aren't. That family that isn't. <laughs> that family that's not monogamous. Also, fun fact, it's not specific to acorn woodpeckers, but just one of my favorite woodpecker facts. Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. Is it? Why do woodpeckers not get headaches? Yes, that was it. Yeah. Yes. So their tongue actually wraps all the way back around their skull and acts as a cushion. As a cushion. So when they're banging away on the on a on a tree, Mm -hmm. they have this this their tongue is basically absorbing all the impact. Absorbing the impact. Which is just like what mind blowing, except not because like because they've got their tongue protecting their head. Like I'm just just, like you have an internal helmet. Right. That is. That is insane. But yeah, so that's one of my favorite facts just in general about yeah, woodpeckers. Agreed, agreed. So just go and like Google woodpecker head or why don't woodpeckers get headaches. Well, it'll say like show like the skull and it just, not a real skull, but it like a drawing. which yeah. And the tongue just like wraps all the way around. Also, if you've ever seen a woodpecker tongue, it's real weird. Because they're really long. <laughs> it is real weird. But on to what makes the acorn woodpecker super, super cool. Yeah. So... They, I think they're they're featured in I think either an episode of Planet Earth or Life or it's it might, one of the it might be Life because I'm not well I don't know okay, it might be Life but it's some um, natural history um, blue chip show but they they make these granaries 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 shit g r a n a r i e s granaries granaries they make these granaries they'll basically take a dead tree drill a hole with their beak and put their it store their acorns there. But not just like one or two. The entire tree they will fill up with holes. Mm-hmm. Will fill. Yeah. Not, they'll make holes and then fill them all with acorns. So if you like, if you Google huh. a granary tree or even just Google acorn woodpecker, you will see these trees just covered in holes. So it's like they're making their own little silo. Basically, like, wow. it, and it's not. It's not like they'll just like put them in there and like leave it. Is they they like it's a lot to maintain. Right. Right. I, I, there was one quote that was. Granary maintenance requires a significant amount of the bird's time. Of course it does. Because, <laughs> like, I'm thinking of all the squirrels that just want to steal that right? stuff. Right? They gotta defend this shit. Oh they my don't want to lose their acorns. I, would, I don't want to lose my acorns. They'll find the perfect hole. Sorry. Good one. As good. I spilled wine on my <laughs> I don't want to lose my acorns. Throws the <laughs> wine over her shoulder. Oh my god. Too late. But even when they... So they'll find the f- perfect hole for the acorn, but when acorns dry out, they'll shrink. Mm-hmm. So then they will move them around to oh, find different holes. Oh, constant shuffling. So like they gotta make sure oh it's gosh. always ready. Like, fine. So to the two birds that they are most constantly defending their granary against are uh-huh. Stellar's Jays. Oh, those assholes. Right? 
they're, I mean, they are a relative of the Blue Jays, which are on this coast we're more familiar with, but Blue Jays are real assholes. They really are. <laughs> like, they're a cool bird, but they're such They're dicks. so pretty, but I'm like, yeah. oh, you're an asshole. Yeah. And Western Scrub Jays, so basically just yeah, the Jays. the Jays. 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 But this was one of my favorite <laughs> facts. So they don't just, they won't just use dead trees. They'll also use telephone poles or uh, wooden buildings, basically anything that's wooden, wooden dried, and, like, and dried, dried out. Yeah. Not alive. So they once apparently put 490 pounds of acorns into a wooden water tanker in Arizona. That's hysterical. Like, oh my god! Somebody, I, I like how how long did it take for you to realize, realize. that? Because they had to obviously remove all the. They, for some reason, they removed all the acorns and weighed them. So like. There was just like a month went by, and then they came out, and they're like, "Fuck! I left my wooden water tanker here, and now there's all these like you can't you can't use that anymore." Oh no! Oh, what's a wooden water tanker even look like? I don't really know. <laughs> what I'm envisioning is probably that, not what it looks like. Wooden. wooden. I'm pa- I'm basically picturing a child's toy just made a lot bigger because oh. it's wooden. Oh yeah, it looks like a water tank just made out of wood. <laughs> oh, all right, all right, that's pretty accurate. Seems, seems just kind of obvious. It's just what you think. It is in no way mysterious, but isn't so. Yeah, anything they'll just take it and they make their so granaries. That's so funny. Good but, job. But yeah, so that's what they do. But like I said, they are of least concern. They do mm-hmm. not have they. They don't have a ton of threats, but they do have threats because um, humans exist. They do have threats. <laughs> they do have threats. So their main threats are habitat degradation. Surprise, surprise. That's why they have to rely coming. on fucking wooden That's why water they're using these wooden tankers. They, they removed all those, their acorns. They're like, bitches, you took down all the trees. What else was I supposed to use? Yeah. That's the voice of a woodpecker. Bitches. So habitat degradation and then invasive species. Mm. We'll come, so invasive species, I don't know if we've talked about, are basically non-native species that inhabit an area. And they often populate really well because they don't have any natural predators in that area. Right. But in this case they will they can they'll take over like the holes or their nesting sites, things yeah. like that. Pour the wine. Thanks for waiting. However, you're waiting like super dramatically. <laughs> you set the wine up like a waiter. I mean just finish it off between the cups. I am it's like really accurate. Alright, alright. Even though they are not um, of concern and they're still just... They're still... you yeah. want to If you want to help in their preservation, the main thing you can do is in your own area or, or um, where you live, make sure to preserve mature oak trees and pine oak stands of trees. Why are you stands of trees? Basically, yeah. dead trees. Yeah. That... Don't necessarily... Just because they're dead doesn't mean they're uh, not useful. That is there the biggest so thing. There are so many things. So this is a, a pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. and probably a lot of birders and ornithologists is when I see people removing dead trees from their yards or, like, it's just, it's not going to fall. It's it's clearly just a, a stalk of a tree, yeah. you know, just the trunk. Leave it there. So it's super important. Because it is still a habitat for birds, particularly woodpeckers. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I hate when I see people removing dead trees and it's like a big yard or mm-hmm. somewhere that doesn't have to be removed. And fun uh, fact, another name for a dead tree that I always learned in college is a snag. It's called uh, a snag. Yeah, I did know that. The snags. So keep your snags around. Don't get rid of those snags because they're really important for woodpeckers. And if you're out on the West Coast or down all the way to Columbia, yeah. some acorn woodpeckers. But for real, Google acorn woodpeckers and just look they're at the so granaries. Pretty. They're super cute. And then they, there's just... 
they fill these trees with acorns. It's insanity. That is cool. But yeah, woodpeckers are just super cool. They so. are. Anyway, well, yeah. that was cool. I like acorn woodpeckers. Those are neat. Thanks for teaching me about a, a and... pecker I didn't know. <laughs> I'm not familiar pecker. There aren't that many. <laughs> oh my god, cut that out. I'm leaving that in. Maggie knows all the peckers. <laughs> You ready for our, our mermaid's purse? I'm so ready for our mermaid's purse. Do you have it up? No. Okay. Because you just said you were ready for it, so. Did I say that already? Yeah, I said, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready to do it. I don't, I'm not ready to pick from it. Oh. Do you want me to do it? No, I'm getting it. Okay, we're going to do this one. I don't even know what it is, Go. but I bet you do. Uh, a tardigrade. <gasps> they're yes yes oh yes mm, sorry they're the water bears do you know what water bears are what the fuck is this oh. yeah 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 okay so tardigrades are super cool because I they know, can, I've seen this before they're like a microscopic animal yeah so they're teeny tiny microscopic oh, animals. they're also known as water bears um and they can extend like ex- extend extend nope extant no expand no what word are you trying to say? <laughs> I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> they can stay, obviously I withstand. They, extreme heat and extreme cold. What word was I going for? What are you, what are you, what are you okay, trying to say? I so think... these guys are super cool. Come on, girl. Because I, I'm really freaking out that I can't figure out what word I mean. You just said extreme heat and extreme cold. Yeah. So what, try again. But what, extend isn't a word. It's not even close to war. Basically, I need you to keep talking. I need more context clues, oh actually. My God. They can stand extreme temperatures. Maybe that's what Maybe I was that's trying, what you're to trying to say. Oh, God. Okay, but so they can stand extreme temperatures. So, like, burning hot. Like, they can, I think they're found, like, uh, I think they're the guys that are, like, found uh, yeah. in, like, deep sea vents that are, like, boiling hot, and they're fine. But they can also, like, be frozen forever, and then when it melts, they're fine. Yeah, it looks like they date back to the Cambrian period. Yeah, they're insane. What? But, yeah, their name is also water bears, because if you look at them really close up, they look like these weird-ass, you could call them bears. No? Ex- Maybe? Except they've got, like, eight, they got six legs. All right, well, they're they're space bears. Yeah. Water space bears. So they're this tiny, microscopic creature. It's, Deep, like, tiny. half a millimeter. Mm-hmm. They are prevalent in mosses and lichens and feed on plant cells, algae, and small invertebrates. I like um, very small invertebrates. Very it's gotta small. be. A lot of students have probably seen these under a microscope because they're easy to show and describe to students. Oh, nice. But yeah, they're just a really cool example. Of, oh, yeah, from of mountaintops like, to deep sea and mud volcanoes. Yeah, of just ex- extending. They are known as one of the most resilient there animals. There we go. Resilient was the next word I was looking for. Um, able to survive extreme conditions that would rapidly be fatal to nearly all other known life forms. Wow. So when we all die out, these guys are sticking around. Yep, these guys and cockroaches probably. That's funny. Oh, they're also instead also known as water bears, you said. They're yep. also known as moss piglets. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think I like that better. I think I like that better. <laughs> They totally look like, like moss piglets. Well, I got a pet. Why'd you get a moss piglet? A moss piglet. Why would they leave my house? <laughs> like, you can't even see it. Oh, wow. That is something. Oh, my gosh. That was but a good yeah. one. That was Aren't a good one. Aren't they super cool? I mean, right. not cute and thanks, fuzzy, but Thanks, Tardigrade. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, also, in, in Latin slash Italian, tardigrade means slow stepper. <laughs> Just lumbering along. That's why it's a, a bear, lumbering. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Ashley, this has been a lovely episode. Do you want to sign us out? I would. <clears throat> Just a reminder, though we are animal enthusiasts, we are not scientists, so please don't cite us in your academic papers. Please don't. Do your research. We just want to get you excited about animals like we are. So excited. Yes. So thanks for joining us on this episode. Tune in next time when we learn about more animals, their biology, and habitat, the threats they face, and what people are doing about it. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.